Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion Useless NBA Trivia and Garbage Rankings. As always, if this is your first time, make sure to check out our trailer. We're going to hop right into talking about Oklahoma City Thunder. We're in the middle of the section, a few sustained runs, and they have had a good few runs. Uh, in the league, 57 years, first came in in 1968, made the playoffs 33 times. Their 53% uh, winning percentage is sixth all time in NBA history, but they've only got one title. Less than awesome. Took them a lot of time to get in the playoffs, as, as usual. Missed the playoffs their first seven years, and then made it in 75. Earlier in their history, they had some guys like Fred Brown, Spencer Haywood. Nothing to, uh, to write home about. In 78, their third time making the playoffs. By the way, they were coached by Bill Russell. So in their third season through their fifth season, they were coached by Lenny Wilkins, probably the last time there was a successful player coach uh, and then a few years later they're coached by bill russell letting wilkins took over in 78 and they made the nba finals it was a really weak league but they made the finals jack sigma gus williams dennis johnson uh, the next year they went back and won 1978 and 79 finals back-to-back -back years was sonics and bullets uh, they split them uh, and then after that they had some decent success in the 80s they made the conference finals with dale ellis and tom chambers in 1987. Uh, they had a lot of big names like ricky pierce eventually sean kemp detlef shrimp but the most important player in this era obviously gary payton it took him a few years to become to become a superstar in the 94 playoffs they were the one seed 63 wins they got bounced in the first round by the nuggets led by Dikembe mutombo uh but they overcame that albatross in 60 or 96 64 wins franchise record to this day no uh thunder team has topped that they were coached by george carl the epitome of you know solid pretty good decent good coach but for that stretch from 93 to 98 55 wins 63 wins 57 64 57 61 they made the finals in 96 right after jordan sabbatical and they were beating them it looked like they might take it sean kemp was on something uh, of course jordan did jordan things they came back and won for the 2000s, they were uh, subpar. There's a couple decent years, 40, 30. They were never really that bad until 2008 with it, when they were tanking for Durant. But just a lot of, you know, solid, either barely making the playoffs or barely missing. Now, when Durant came, everything changed, namely the town in which they played. Uh, they moved from Seattle to OKC after his rookie year. Uh, but that three-year stretch was just a masterclass of drafting. Uh, they took Kevin Durant number two in 07. There's a big fight between him and Greg Oden going 1-2. Odin went no, Odin went 1. Uh, did not have much of a career because of injuries. And then in 2008, they took Russell Westbrook number 4. Nobody really saw that coming. He looked like an energy guy off the bench. And he became Russell Westbrook. Uh, they also took James Harden and, and Serge Ibaka in that stretch and carved out a really good four-piece. They made the finals in 2011 after losing in the Western Finals the year before. Uh, they lost to LeBron James, but they were supposed to. But it looked like it was something special. Now, we don't have to go too much into their recent history, but of course, James Harden got traded out to save money. KD got hurt. They missed the playoffs. The next year, they came back. We're up 3-1 against the Warriors in the conference finals and lost. KD signed with the Warriors and a bunch of first-round exits. My favorite year is 2020. After Paul George had left, Chris Paul was traded for Russell Westbrook. Westbrook was still semi-prime. CP3 looked semi-washed, uh, and they had a better record. <laughs> they had fewer wins, but it was a shortened season with COVID, but they had a better winning percentage without their two stars when Chris Paul came. That's just a winner, you know. Now they've been just piling up these assets 
and it's starting to look really, really good. This is going to be a good team in the future, and SGA is going to be a star. But let's get to the rankings. First team, point guard. I actually put a lot of thought into this. This one was very, very tough. I'm going with Gary Payton. I don't love Gary Payton. I think he's a little bit historically overrated, but he might be. He's one of the five best defensive point guards of all time. He was a terrible, terrible teammate. I think he wanted to be that Jordan-esque type of personality, but everybody just hated him. He took a lot of threes, which shot 31% for his career. A uh, bit of a ball hog. He maybe would have been more revered in this time, but his assists were low. His shot attempts were high. He won uh, Defensive Player of the Year in 96, but his best statistical seasons came at the beginning of the 2000s, like 24 points a game, down to 20 points a game. Uh, but that's when the league also sucked. And his teams weren't doing too hot. So how good really are you at that point? A lot of defensive teams, a lot of all-NBA teams. Uh, first team in 98 and 2000. And he ranks really high on a lot of lists. And I just think, obviously, the, the question here is, is between Gary Payton and Russell Westbrook. Payton had more years with them. But when Payton was the best player on the team, they went to a finals. And Westbrook didn't. A lot of Westbrook stuff, although I like him a lot more, it's just empty calorie stats. So I'm going Gary Payton. First team shooting guard. Uh, this is going to be changed probably in three years, assuming one certain guy doesn't leave. But this is clearly Fred Brown, downtown Freddie Brown. He played there 13 seasons, spent his whole career in Seattle, averaging 14.6 points per game. Pretty good. Uh, peaked at 23, 1976, playoff team, all-star. It's pretty good. He's a little past his prime when they started peaking in the late 70s, but he got a title. He was, uh, he was he's 25 minutes a game on a title team. So how much are you going to argue there? He was never All-NBA, there was only two teams back then, uh, one-time All-Star, but he was a champion, not a lot of champions on this list. First team, small forward, he's not a champion for the Thunder, but two-time elsewhere, Kevin Durant. Nine years in with the Thunder. That feels like a lot, lot longer. Only nine years. Of course, he led the league in scoring four times, twice over 30 a game, peaking at 32 a game. That's pretty good. He won MVP in 2014. He was runner-up in MVP voting in 2010, 12, and 13. 50, 40, 90 guy. And he just didn't miss games in his early years. His first seven seasons, the lowest amount of games he played in a single year was 74. And then beyond that, it's like missing one a season. And then he had a big injury in 2015. 2016, he came back, and it looked like the best tandem in the league with him and Westbrook. And between him and Westbrook, it's a, it's a very odd pairing because they both want the ball. Kevin Durant is better off the ball than than Westbrook is, but Durant's at his best when he's the lead scorer, right? But is it? it is interesting because Durant's this guy who could score from anywhere, and it's just like a slow burn where you don't even realize he's put up 45 on you, whereas Westbrook put up 17 in three minutes. So it was a nice combination in theory, uh, probably not in practice. Another thing you forget about Durant is that he's seven feet tall. He's a great shot blocker. You don't want him in the post, but he has good rim protector, at least from the weak side. Uh, this is obvious. I don't have to spend too much time with him. He's a top 15 to 10 player of all time. First team power forward, Sean Kemp. Now, historically, remember him as this crazy guy in Cleveland, but he did spend eight years with Seattle, putting up 16 points and 10 rebounds a game. So tenacious rebounder uh, and a nasty shot blocker. Amazing endgame defender. Not a guy you really wanted in a foxhole. He did end up getting six all-stars. But most importantly, in the 97, in the 96 finals, he came out swinging, playing against Dennis Rodman, the best, probably one of the best power forward defensive players of all time, either him or KG, maybe Tim Duncan. 23 points, 10 rebounds a game in the finals. And it started even better than that. Now in franchise history, he's first in offensive rebounds, second in total rebounds, top 10 in points, and uh, a distant third in blocks. 
first team center, uh, the best player in the first half of this franchise history, Jack Sigma. Nobody remembers him, but that blonde afro perm, uh, just a really important part of the early 80s. Uh, his first season was their first year going to the finals. That's probably not a coincidence. Uh, by his second year, he was an all-star and they won the finals, averaging 16 and 12, a couple assists a game. And in those finals, as a second year pro, dropped 16 points, 15 rebounds on 52% shooting. It's my guy, Jack. He wasn't an all-NBA player ever, but he's a Hall of Famer. So there you go. Fifth all-time in points, third in blocks. First in rebounds by a lot with 7,700. Apparently he has a son, Luke, who played at Portland. And that is not interesting. So that's our first team, Gary Payton, Payton Fred Brown, Kevin Durant, Sean Kemp, Jack Sigma. Second team, going with Russell Westbrook. Now we know the stats are awesome, but then when you dive a little deeper into it, you know that the stats are kind of meaningless. His usage was way too high, like 41% at its peak. That's an insane number. Uh, the best play players usually have low percentages, unless you're Michael Jordan, and he is not Michael Jordan. I just, you know, push back on the idea that he's a bad teammate or a losing player. It's kind of like that Kobe, that Kobe effect, where you just think you're the best option to win. Russell Westbrook genu genuinely thought for his 11 years in OKC and a couple years after that, that if he put up triple doubles, if he put up massive stats, his team was in a better situation to win. I don't think it was ball hog, I don't think it was anything like that. I just think he was delusional. And you do need a little bit of that on your team. Uh, he was a lot of that. Of course, he led the league in points twice, assists twice with OKC. In 2017, broke the triple-double record and became the first guy in a long time to average a triple-double. We never thought it would happen again. Uh, he did it three years in a row, and then a couple years later with Washington. He is the franchise's all-time leader in points, more than Kevin Durant. But that makes him happy. He's also second in assists and third in rebounds. Every statistical category, other than blocks. You got him in blocks, Katie. Beats Katie in every statistical category. Fun stat, though. So you can guess Westbrook is the all-time leader in uh, Thunder, Sonics, triple-doubles. He's at 138. Number two has 14. Gary Payton. Second team shooting guard, Ray Allen. I think some people are going to push for him to be first team. But he did not spend a lot of time in OKC, uh, in Seattle. And he only played, he played four and a half years there. Made the playoffs once in 2005. And I'm a big fan of that two, 2005 team. Uh, like Luke Ridnow, Richard Lewis, a lot of guys that I really like that historically are like, you know, who cares? They made the second round. He averaged 27 points a game. Now that's a real guy. He really transformed his game between Milwaukee and Seattle as he aged a little bit and his stats just jumped up. With uh, Milwaukee, he was at about 20 a game, call it 21 when he dropped his rookie year. But then with Seattle, 25 points per game. He made the All-Star every year, every full season that he was there. And he was All-NBA in 2005. In franchise history, he's only fifth in three-pointers made. And he's uh, not even top 10 in any other stat. Out of the top 10 in points, assists, steals, whatever. Uh, second team small forward, Dale Ellis. The uh, silent assassin played there seven years. Uh, he started his career with Dallas, they just didn't use him right, and he was really ahead of his time, taking a lot of deep shots. Made his first All-Star in 89, uh, he was the most improved player in 87. The year before with Dallas, he was at 7 points a game, jumped up to 25. Now in his first, first stint with Seattle, he played with them later in his career, uh, when he was, you know, semi-washed. Been his first three and a half year stint, 25.6 points per game. Man, we do not remember Dale Ellis. Uh, after he left, his career really tailed off. I don't know if he was just in the right situation or just with a forward-thinking coach, uh, but it was really working out for him for a little bit there. He led the league in, uh, in threes attempted in 87, a lot more than anybody else. 
240 attempts. That is not a lot of attempts in today's game. All time, he is uh, top 30 in three-pointers made. And if you're talking about pre-modern history, he's one of the top five guys. And the reason I'm putting Dale Ellis uh, first team or second team over the guy on third team, first of all, he played a couple years longer. Uh, our third teamer had one year that was significantly better than anything Ellis had, but Ellis played longer. But Dale Ellis made a conference finals. So, you know, that's, that's, that's success. It's mild success, still success. Uh, second team power forward, his running mate on that team, Tom Chambers. Another guy we just don't think about, and I think he should clearly be in the Hall of Fame, because you think of, I already talked about him with Phoenix, so I'm not gonna go too much into it. But you think of, of him as this all stats, no substance guy. He went to a bunch of conference finals. He made the finals as, you know, a role player behind Char Charles Barkley in 93. Uh, but Chambers uh, played with Seattle from 84 all the way to 88, made one all-star, but he was the best player on that team that went to, again, the conference finals in 87, putting up 23 a game during those rounds. Now, he didn't really rebound for a big guy, didn't pass, didn't defend the rim, didn't defend at all, but a tremendous scorer, uh, just tenacious getting to the rim, and, you know, fun to watch. And he does not rank in pretty much any category on here, so that hurts his case. Uh, second team center, it gets real, real weak. There are not a lot of good centers in franchise history. Going with Bob Rule. Spent four and a half years with the team, and uh, they weren't good years. <laughs> he didn't make the playoffs at any point or during his entire career. He was drafted onto the first Seattle team. So it's a young team, not a lot of hope, you know, not a lot of expectations. But in his time, he averaged 21.4 points per game. His rookie year, he was 18 points, then up to 24 and 12. 1970 was his best year, 25 points, 10 rebounds. He only won 36 games. That's not half bad. Uh, struggled with injuries after that. His fourth year, it looked really good. 30 points, 12 rebounds in four games and just never came back the same. His career really petered off. But for those three years, he was a bona fide star. Without injuries, he probably could have came out higher on this list. Uh, he died a couple years ago, RIP. So that's our second team, Westbrook, Ray Allen, De Dale Ellis, Tom Chambers, and Bob Rule. Third team, this was so tough. There are four guys you can go with. I am going with the champion. There are two champions, because they played with two point guards in the late 70s. So I'm going with Dennis Johnson. He spent his first four years of his career there, a couple All-Stars. Uh, but in the 79 playoffs, 21 points per game to win the NBA title. He won Finals MVP, and that's that's it. That's what he that's what gets him this award. So he won Finals MVP with the team. Uh, does not rank high on any stats because he didn't play there for that long. He became an All NBA player later in his career, but he was All Defensive Team uh, first team the same year they won. One of the best all-time defensive guys. And when he joined the '84 Celtics to play with Larry Bird, he and Bird had the same amount of titles. 1979 Finals Most Valuable Player, Dennis Johnson. Third team, shooting guard. I'm going Shea Gilgius Alexander. I always butcher that name. Let's say it right. Shea Gilgius Alexander. I got that last one. He's been on the team four years. He's part of the Paul George deal. And looking back, you want that one back, Clippers. Uh, in 21 and 20, stats were high. 24 points, six assists. Uh, he was shooting 42% from the from three and 50 from the field in 21. After an injury, the uh, stats or the percentages just dropped hard last year in 22. And I thought it was empty calories. I thought his team sucks. He was putting up big numbers, you know, the Bob Rule effect. But this year, first team All-NBA, 31 points, five assists, blocking a shot a game. One of the best defensive players. Good percentages across the board. And his team made the playoffs. 
I was wrong. I was wrong about SGA. He's going to be climbing the all-time Thunder record books over the coming years, uh, but he is a special player, only 24 years old. A lot to look forward to. Uh, third team, small forward. I'm going Paul George. Now, you could go three other guys, I guess, but his 2019 season was really, really underrated. I talked about how they didn't win more after he left, or how they didn't win less after he left, and he was only there two years in 18 and 19. It was a third team and a first team All-NBA, his only first team. He's the all-time leader in third team All-NBAs, by the way. That's that's a little telling. But in 19, he put up 28 points per game, which is career high by a lot. Led the league in steals, eight boards, four assists. Never been a great passer. Uh, top three in MVP voting, top three in Defensive Player of the Year voting. He hit almost 300 threes. That was just an all-time season from a player that has otherwise been a solid All-NBA guy but that was one incredible season. Of course, came down to the final shot, his last game with the Thunder. He was defending Lillard. Lillard was 20 feet off the line, drained a three. You're gonna blame Paul George for that? That was like a half court shot, basically. Uh, 13 power forward, I'm going Spencer Hayward. Spencer Haywood. Uh, I think he's one of the weakest Hall of Famers in the league. I heard his, I heard his history, how he grew up in basically slavery in the 1950s with his mama's boss threatening to kill her if she quit or left. So very depressing. So it makes sense that he ended up turning to drugs in the NBA, uh, but just a lot of empty calorie stats, but just, you know, still great stats. He started in the ABA, historically sued the league to be able to play without having uh, spent four years in college. So that was an important footnote. I want to point this out though, his rookie year in the ABA led the league with 30 points and 19.5 rebounds. That's great. Stats dipped in the NBA, of course, but with Seattle, put up 25 points and 12 boards. 73 was his best season, statistically. 29 and 13. Just an incredible scorer, incredible athlete. In 75, which was his worst statistical season to that point, uh, that was the only time he made the playoffs with Seattle. Nine games played, 16 points. Maybe not quite the winner. Kinda sorta got a ring in 1980 with the Lakers. Uh, I really challenge you to check out the Len Bias story wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it goes into a little bit of Spencer Haywood's history. Really interesting stuff. And third team center, I'm going Steven Adams. Uh, this is almost more by default than anything. Played seven years with OKC, was the resident big, strong, big man. Uh, peaked with 14 points, nine rebounds. After KD left, he got a, he got a lot more shots available. He's just, you know, ideal big role guy. You're okay if he's the seventh best player in your team starting at the center. Uh, really got along with uh, Westbrook, and that was a little fun friendship for, for a three-year period there. Obviously, no All-Stars, no All-NBA. Not really anything to note. Although he is uh, number seven all-time in Thunder rebounds, about 4,000, and he is fifth in blocks with 531. So that's our third team, Dennis Johnson, SGA, Paul George, Spencer Haywood, Steven Adams. Hardest cuts, uh, Lenny Wilkins was really hard. He was a fantastic player, Hall of Famer. Uh, it just it was just the finals MVP so put it over for me Nick Nate McMillan I wanted to mention him important player I think when you're talking about NBA history he played his entire career with Seattle uh, led the league in steals once big assist guy uh, but could not shoot could not score and ended up being uh, a sixth man behind a very talented sixth man behind uh, Gary Payton on that 96 team uh, Gus Williams was the one guy I was looking at over Dennis Johnson because he also won the title. It was uh, Dennis Johnson and Gus Williams starting together as a uh, as a powerful, powerful backcourt. And he played a little bit longer. He got All-Stars in 82 and 83 
with some nice statistical seasons. But DJ got the finals MVP. Williams put up 27 points a game though during those playoffs. And 29 a game in the finals. Man, maybe I chose wrong. I'm going hardware over statistics. Whew. I don't know. Uh, James Harden could have made this maybe. No. Sixth man of the year ended up being great elsewhere. Xavier McDaniel, McDaniel uh, nice footnote in NBA history. Same with Betlef Schrempf, really important player on a lot of different teams. Uh, Richard Lewis was on that 05 team I like. Uh, very ahead of his time guy, uh, but also very, very limited. At power forward, Slick Watts, awesome stats guy. Slick Watts led the league in, assist, in assists and steals in 76. Uh, eight assists a game. Didn't really score. Uh, he was traded away in 78 and they won the title. That hurts ya. Uh, Vin Baker, he had his struggles. Very talented player. Got beat by a couple demons. Serge Ibaka, um, I wanted to put him over Spencer Haywood, but the stats are just staggering for Spencer. Uh, but Serge is their all-time leader in blocks, and he became way more well-rounded well as he uh, as he aged, so that was cool. If you hate my wrong opinion, tweet me at WrongOpinionNBA. We will be back next week talking about a team. They've got two titles five decades apart, but they were also one of the few teams as a one seed to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Can you guess who that is? Peace out.